0: ladies kicking assets i am here with my business partner the amazing courtney moeller and we have a very special guest with us today chad zedenek out of california with csq properties before we get into conversation with chad i want to just share with you real quickly about ladies kicking assets what we're about and the objectives that we want to meet today we have been focused on really providing information, educational content to women, really diving in and showing you how you too can be an investor as an LP, or you can be an investor as a general partner and just to take control of your wealth journey. And so today with all that, our guest today has had a lot of different pieces to his life. In fact, probably the most diverse person I think that we've, we've met with in so many different areas. So with that, I'd love to ask you to like and subscribe to our channel and to also share with you that this information that we're sharing with you is for informational purposes only. We are not experts and advisors, but we've had some great successes. So make sure with anything that you've got questions on, feel free to reach out to us, but always connect with your CPA and your legal team most importantly. So with this, Chad, I'd love to welcome you. There's a couple of highlights that first and foremost, I'd love to mention about you. You are a husband and I've had the pleasure of meeting your wife, she is precious, but you are a father and you have a brood of kiddos. So I'd love for you to talk about how you juggle that. But interestingly enough, you are a rocket scientist, you are a structural engineer, a licensed general contractor, a dj a tv personality an entrepreneur and a syndicator who has been successful in all of those areas so welcome (laughs) we have a lot to talk about (laughs) it It sounds like a lot when you list it that (laughs) way
1: and i'm sure something amazing does such a great job of making (laughs) making you She'll announce my stuff and i'm like gosh that that sounds amazing so
0: (laughs) and you have the best white teeth ever so (laughs) (laughs) i have to share about that too
2: Yes, I, I do have, I have five kids and four of them are daughters, so I'm really appreciative of what you guys are doing, trying to educate women. And I know once um, you know my girls are older and getting on that path, I'm definitely going to be having them tune into the show because I, I know you guys know what you're talking about, so thank you.
1: Well, oh, thanks for having me. I just love, I'm like, Chad is an actual rocket scientist. Yeah, you don't always absolutely. use that analogy. Oh, it's not rocket science. Oh, it's not this. And now I know an actual rocket scientist that has done super cool stuff.
0: I know.
2: Yes. I, yeah.
0: Talk about There's... that journey a little bit, you know, because I mean, you've done like really radically different things and how that all kind of led to where you are.
2: Yeah, so it has been a meandering path, but one of the things that's interesting when you when you do have some experience and you look back on things, you can kind of see how they do tie together and how you can leverage those experiences into the new ventures. And, uh, and so I, I'm doing that uh, in, in each of the steps I've taken, I've done that in, in some form or another. So I, I did start out technically as a rocket scientist. I was uh, a structural dynamics engineer working on the space shuttle main engines. For seven years, a uh, super technical job, working with amazing people, uh, worked for a company called Rocketine, which was eventually uh, bought out by Boeing. And, uh, and it was amazing, amazing company, amazing people, and uh, got to do some really cool stuff, going to different NASA space flight centers. But, but at my core, I'm an entrepreneur, and I love building things, I love growing things, I've either founded or, or helped found six different companies. So, so that's really who I am through and through. And working, working at Boeing, although it was amazing, I felt a, a bit constricted in my entrepreneurial spirit. So eventually, uh, I was getting my, my MBA actually at, at UCLA at the time. Um, and coincidentally, while both my brothers were at UCLA playing football, so all three of us were at UCLA, and, uh, and my brother in his in his last year at UCLA he was he played football five years and then he had a few classes to take the following year and uh, started a lighting business primarily Christmas lighting and so I kind of used that as my pet projects because I was focused on entrepreneurial studies and uh, he was just started this business I'm like all right well I'll help you you know figure some things out get, get some processes going some marketing and and uh, did some consulting for him. And he started the business. I was still at Rocketdyne and then uh, he wanted me to come work for him. And, but it was a really small company. And and I told him, I said, look, if you get the business to a certain size, I'll I'll leave Boeing and I'll come work for you. And uh, and sure enough, he got the business to that size, which was still really small at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, so, so you get a kick out of this. So talking about compromise, so. I and I was on the executive management track at Boeing. I was a team lead. I was, I was doing really well. I just got I got my master's in structural engineering from USC, and then my MBA from UCLA, and they supported me through that, which was amazing. And uh, but I made a promise to my brother, and he got the business to that level, and and so I left Boeing. I took a fifty percent pay cut to go work with my brother. He wound up paying me more than he was paying himself.
0: Aww. Gave
2: me half half the company. And, uh, and we grew that from him, my sister and a couple workers. And, uh, and then fast forward 17 year, years later, I, uh, um, I sold the business, he he bought me out, he still runs it today. And, and I got into real estate. And that was like in the 2018-2019 timeframe.
0: So amazing. So <laughs> it's really not been that long that you've been in the real estate space.
2: Well, and and I say, go back to, because I was in construction management, you know, 25 years ago, I got my contractor's license. I was doing a lot of construction. uh, and And then I was also doing structural engineering design for custom homes, for small buildings. So like when the business was really small, it was, you know, like maybe half the year doing the Christmas lighting. And then the other half of the year, I was doing the structural engineering design work. So, and that was all very real estate focused
1: sure. so when you were working for Boeing were you only working for Boeing or were you doing construction at that same time
2: uh so I was it, it depends on the time frame but okay. it was a lot because I was going to school also nights and weekends so I was working full-time like working on two two master's degrees it took me five years um but I was also I did actually own a construction and engineering company for a while mm-hmm. I was doing um construction and engineering consulting while working at Boeing and schooling. See, I didn't have I didn't have kids at the time. So
0: yeah.
2: kids, they throw you off a little bit. <laughs> so uh so so yeah I was working a lot in the kind of the real estate space with respect to engineering and construction. And then eventually the business got too big. I couldn't do that anymore. And uh, so I stopped doing the structural engineering. Um, I wound up getting my professional engineer's license in, in civil engineering and mechanical engineering, but then put that aside for like maybe, I don't know, eight or 10 years before getting back into real estate, but more on the, the investment side or investor side at that point and, uh, and into syndications, which I, I believe your audience understands, but I, I got into syndications at that point.
1: Okay, so what year did you get involved in syndications? I'm trying to just lay a timeline in my brain over this.
2: So my first syndication was in 2019.
0: Okay. Oh, that's, okay, so that was, it's not been that long with actually syndicating, quite honestly.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I just, and actually, what syndication and I,
1: I was in 2021. So it yeah. hasn't been that long for me yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and I've, I, I did my first deal without really knowing like I'd never gone to a secrets of successful syndication seminar with the real estate guys. I wasn't a part of any mastermind group. I didn't partner with anybody. I, I just did the deal on my own as a, a solo joke GP. And um, and it was a $2 million building at, in Long Beach. I'm, I'm in Los Angeles. So it was, you know, an hour and a half away from me. And uh, I raised $1.2 million, uh, had a 500 K construction budget. And um, barely did it. That's a whole nother story. It was definitely <laughs> challenging as my first deal. <laughs> I don't know that I'd recommend doing your first deal on your own. It's probably a little bit better and easier to partner, but but that's how I did it.
0: So that is a great question, you know, with that our audience does want to hear, like get the getting started. If you might just kind of touch on some of those valuable lessons that you learned and what you would really recommend to folks that are looking at syndicating, you know, sure. I just think it's important for people to hear that.
2: Yeah. So look, I think I think all of us have some level of experience, if you will, or or strengths within three buckets: time, talent, and treasure. Right. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're younger, you might have a lot of time, especially if you don't have have a family. Um, if you're you know more experienced, you start to get some talent. You know, that's the experience side of the bucket. And if you've been successful in some other ventures, you probably have some treasure or some, some money saved up that you can use as investment. So depending on where you are in your journey, like each of those bus buckets have different advantages to different groups of people. Even if you're young with not much experience or money for that matter, right? You're gonna have some time and that's very valuable to high performing executives or real estate people that don't have the time. So So there's always something that you can bring to the table to get started, right? Um, and I think that's really, really important because in, in real estate, one of the things that I love about it is, is there's so many different facets to it, right? If, if you're on the outside, you might just put real estate all into one bucket, but there's so many different aspects of real estate and you could be successful in a lot of them um, that you can really kind of find your niche or find out what you like to do and focus on that and just become really successful in it. So, So for me... I, uh, I had, I guess I had, I had treasure because i had sold a business and I had talent because I I ran and grew a successful business. I had a lot of contacts, so I I did have talent as well. Um, And then I just sold my business. So I guess I did have time, right. To some degree. Although at that point I had, I think I had three, three kids, the fourth on the way at that point. So that was definitely eating away at the time part of it. Um, but I I certainly had a good background and, and so, so I went into real estate and, and one of the things that, that might be obvious or not, but like, if you're getting into real estate or you're doing your first deal, you don't like, you don't start, you don't do your deal on day one, right? You've got to be nurturing this thing. And it's something that we've learned from, from Robert and Russell, the real estate guys, you got to be a a farmer and you got to kind of nurture, nurture your, your persona, nurture yourself, nurture your, your contact list, right? And that takes time to do that, especially if you're transitioning from one career to another career. That that could really take some time. And the longer you've been in that first career, the longer it takes to transition, but the more experience you have, ultimately that can be a really big advantage for you. So so I did have a bit of a transition. It took some time. I was very deliberate about what I wanted to do and, uh, and just kept away at it. One of, my, one of my core values is grit for my company. So to me, that's, I'm all about grit. I mean, you guys know me well enough, right? I mean, I, I get down, I hustle. I'm not afraid to roll up the sleeves. And grit for me is a, a big part of my success.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. Me too. And I love that you laid out those three different buckets because I think there are misconceptions that people have about being able to get into this space. You know, everybody thinks that they've got to have money or they've got to have whatever they have in their mind, but there are ways to partner with people. And it's really important to find those people that have, you know, maybe you have time, you've got to find somebody that's got the treasure. You've got to find somebody that's got the talent. And it's just a matter of putting those buckets together, you know, to create the the full package. And so I, lo- I love that you brought that up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, you did that project on your own. And so moving from you know, working independently and syndicating, you've then brought in partners since then for projects going forward. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's totally a different approach. Um, and, and and frankly, I'd recommend partnering for people that are really starting. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you really have those three buckets, like, you know, I was fortunate enough to have, um, it, it can be really quite risky <laughs> to do a first deal all on your own. But but there's a lot of like now I, I partner right. So all my first deals that were like in Long Beach, uh, I did all on my own, and I learned a lot. I worked a ton. They were they were smaller deals, uh, but now I transitioned to partnering, and that was partly through through the Inner Circle Group that that we're all a part of, right? Like last year, I said, hey, I really want to focus on partnerships. I want to do deals with other people, bigger deals, out of state deals, because. Being in California became very difficult during COVID. Mm -hmm. It kind of exacerbated some of the issues that we have as as a landlord or a business owner, frankly, for that matter, in California is very difficult. So for me, investing out of state was very attractive and was also attractive for a lot of my investors. And once you do that, like you really need to have good partnerships and, and you need to do bigger deals to justify the effort of everybody you can't do a small deal with partners it's just there's not enough meat on the bone right. so you do have to partner with people and um and my first my first partnership deal was in orlando uh florida and that was a 53 million dollar building 200 unit um apartment building and um so much different than what i was doing before But a lot of my experiences, again, translated into the new partnership. And and so I, I started doing bigger deals now.
1: Well, that's awesome. I, I kind of sat on the sidelines in some of the asset classes that I've wanted to get into because starting out, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so um, you know, I latched on. I, I had, you know, this, you know, shiny object syndrome where I wanted to get involved in everything, but then I ended up kind of sticking to the asset classes that I was very comfortable in and very knowledgeable in. And I have been really kind of tapping into some of these experts in these other areas so that I can learn and kind of figure out. And and just to make sure that I know everything that I need to know before moving into it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. I want to bring up something, Chad, that you mentioned that uh, collectively, the three of us are all part of an inner circle and the power of aligning yourself with like-minded folks. So that might be a mastermind or an inner circle or some form of a group. And so, um, clearly that's had a really positive impact in your uh, business and scaling. And so what might you share with our audience today about, about that, about those relationships?
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's critical. And and I was a little late to the game, not little, I was very late to the game in understanding that and appreciating it. You know, I was kind of a, a formal education guy as as you know and actually I went on and I got a third master's degree and and like I've always been very like focused on education like I I'd kind of be the guy that might go to a conference and you know be in the front row and then take it all in and then like go back to my room and take down notes and try to figure things out right like I, the whole networking side of it I, I totally disregarded um and really like I don't know to my demise is the right word but but to, it was a shortfall right it was definitely it was hindering me and I didn't really realize it And so I never had any mentors, uh, until just a few years ago, I never joined any mastermind groups until just a few years ago. And, and now like, it's like, I see the light, like, Oh my gosh, these partnerships are amazing. I can learn so much from other people. I don't need to like go through all this, you know, school of hard knocks and and whatnot. And it makes a really big difference. And I think, you know, Robert and Russ say it best, like, like, mentorship programs or mastermind groups help you compress time frames yes. so if you're a, a smart person you work hard like you're gonna get there right you don't even have to be that smart actually if you if you just work hard <laughs> and don't give up like you're gonna get there right but it could take a really long time so if you want to compress a time frame and get from point a to point b faster a mastermind group is an amazing way to do that and and i i've learned so much more that way and and so now. Like I, I go to the same seminars over and over again, and some people make fun of me that I'm a slow learner, but it's
1: no, <laughs> you no, know well, I, I, I told I'm somebody a slow learner. Yeah. Somebody said, haven't you gone to secrets of successful syndication like five times now? And I said, yes, but kind of like reading a book or watching a movie. Um, you know, every time I rewatch a movie, I, I see something I don't remember seeing last time, you know, same thing with books and you never know what little nuggets or tidbits that are impactful that you're going to pick up that maybe didn't register with you last time, or maybe, you know, different things have happened over the course of a year where information you're going to be able to take that and utilize it and apply it in a way that you just didn't realize it before so all of these things yes i've done it five times i will continue to go because i continue to meet amazing people doing amazing things and that's really where the magic happens is getting in that room and talking to people and strategizing and and hearing things it's like a fast track these masterminds and conferences are the fast track to getting where to achieving your goals 100%. They are and
0: Courtney. I just want to mention one thing about that. Um, I think we've probably all come to realize that when we go to these events, we're super jazzed, and it's you know it's awesome, I and mean, you walk away with great information and all these new folks that you've met, or you've you've seen folks, you know, and you're strengthening those relationships. But coming back and putting the context of what you've learned into action is really important, you know. Um, And again, we'll talk about the real estate guys, you know, education for effective action. You know, they, they say that. And so it's so true, you know, because I think in my wealth journey and business creation, one of the things that I've seen evidence of so strongly this last year is, coming back and taking action on those things that's that's occurred with our podcast our business lines chad you've probably done the same thing with you know investing outside of california um, aligning yourself with you know partnering with other individuals You've, you've taken some action bigger action in a a window of time that wouldn't have happened otherwise so all the things that we're talking about are possible. And another thing that you mentioned was being late to the game and kind of understanding the power of those relationships. I think some folks may look at themselves as being late to the game because they're too old to start something that they've always thought about. And I'm, I am clearly the oldest one on this panel today. I am in my mid fifties and I will tell you that you are not too late to the game for any piece of it. Don't look back on life with, I wish I would have, could have, should have attitude. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to try something and it's not going to go well. It might go great, you know, or you will fail and you will learn. And so get out there and try, put that stake in the ground and take some action because right here today, I mean, Courtney, Chad, y'all are action takers. And I mean, you know, there is, proof of concept and your successes and so i love the fact that your minds are bent towards doing that so kudos kudos hey i want to ask a question and i only know this because um again talking about relationships chad um and uh, another um individual who's in the syndication business I had the privilege of hosting them in my home um, a couple of evenings ago. And Chad was talking about his amazing wife. And that. Had, and I was talking about how are you supporting her? This is really important because you do have a brood of kiddos. And he said he was Mr. Mom for a whole week while she he supported her and going away and I'm gonna take care of the kids. So I think it's really powerful to talk about how do you juggle kids and all of their activities, and all the different ages that you've got, and you're running a successful business. And how did you do that by yourself?
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that
0: is... <laughs> and so I wanna praise you for that, because that oh, was man. awesome, I loved the, hearing the, that.
2: The struggle is real, the bags under the eyes, you know, <laughs> like I'm in the trenches right now. It's, yeah, so I have five kids, um, no help at home, you know, like like my, um, my, my wife's from England, and her mom lives in England, her dad passed away last year. And and my parents, they're not around. So, so it is a lot of it's just us, right? And and no nanny and stuff like that. And people are like, well, why don't you hire a nanny or two? And it's like, uh, I live in Los Angeles on one income with seven mouths to feed. <laughs> you know, like, like, there's only so much to go around. So anyway, so so we're like in the trenches with it. And and I I travel a lot, like you guys know, I was at eighteen different yeah. conferences last year, like really leaning into to building that that network and the relationships, and uh, and it's really really hard on her, and and it's frankly it's really tough on me, you know, I mean, it, and you guys probably know this at, at some point, you know, when when the kids were saying mom 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 can you you know just play with me for two minutes and you're like I can't I got to work I got to do this and it's it's really hard to say no. And I'm in the saying no stage right now, which is painful. And the thing about, about moms, you know, and, and my wife, she, she worked up until she had the third kid. And, and then it just got to be too much. And and she'll tell you now that she works more now than she ever has in her life. Right. She, I mean, she like wishes she could go back to work just to have like a break. A break.
1: From, yes. yes. I mean, it, it's like,
2: it's non, it's nonstop. And I have, I have so much respect for you know stay at home moms that are raising kids. My mom did that for me. It was very very helpful, and and it, it's it's really tough, right? Really really hard. And so I, I try, <clears throat> I try to be supportive of her, but it's it's really tough. I mean, I'm working like seventy hours a week right now, at least six days a week, and it's just it's it's hard. So so she wanted to go visit her mom for uh for a birthday. And this was only like maybe two months ago now. And uh and so I told her, I'm like, all right, well, you go to London, and she wanted to bring the kids with her. I'm like, you can't bring kids for a weekend with a time change that like they're gonna be a mess for half the time. So I just told her, I said, You go away, I'll take the time off work and, and watch the kids. And uh, oh man, let me tell you that's some tough work. <laughs> Cause it's not like you know, like I tell you, I'm working a lot right now. Like maybe I'm working like from I don't know eight to eight to seven or eight to eight. You know, twelve hour days, right? Well, like as a mom, and for us, we have a 17 year old and we have a one year old and everything in between. So, the teenagers stay up till one o'clock in the morning. They, like the one year old and three year old, they get up at at uh, you know six a.m. So like really, the house is quiet from like one to f- one to six, right? You got five hours. And it, it's, it's nonsense. So like like a mom's day or a stay at home parent's day does not end at the end of the workday. It just it goes on and on and on. So it's tough. I try to support her when I can. But at the end of the day, I got to pay the bills. And and unfortunately, that's got to take priority right now. And, and I will say one more thing on that, and that that's why passive income is so important to me. And I'm, I know we're trying to bring people along in this journey of creating passive income. So that you you make an investment now, whether that's in, with your time or your money, make an investment now that's going to continue to pay on indefinitely. And real estate is a great way to do that. And that that's what I'm trying to do for other people, bring them along this passive income journey.
0: Yeah, I love that. Chad, you are like one of the most genuine, real folks.
1: And your wife, I just want to give her Ribbons for and a trophy. He deserves it.
0: She deserves it. it.
1: It's hard. hard. It's really hard. And and that you know, with true our family. Yeah. Yeah. True wealth to me is having the money, but having the time because you know, that time with your family, you don't, you don't get it back. And so I'm kind of in that same trenches right now, you know, working and working. And I met this young man at sauce a couple of days ago and he's newly married. They've got a baby on the way. And he was like, you know, what nuggets can you pass on to me? And I told him, I said, you know, you know, my husband is an undercover narcotics officer. He is on call 24 hours a day. He gets hauled out all the time, but I think... um... One of the biggest things for us is that he's very supportive of what I'm doing and I'm very supportive of what he's doing. So we've got this big support system in each other and, and it takes both of us. I mean, we're both, you know, grinding away, trying to get things done, you know, shuffling kids and everything else, but it's, it's a team effort and it's tough. I've I've got four, two of them are out of the house now. So it's gotten a little bit easier and my youngest one's 14. um, So they're very self-sufficient, but you know, I'm always thinking, okay, have I spent enough time with the kids? And. We have actually stopped to actually schedule out that time and putting that time with our kids and that time with each other on our calendar and booking around that so that we can make sure that we are pouring into each other and pouring into our kids. Cause it's, I got into a really bad habit that a couple of years ago in where you know, Simon Bailey said something the other day and he said, you know, his spouse said, you know, I'm tired of getting the leftovers, you know, what's left of you. And I just, that was such a powerful statement that, you know, I've, I've got to schedule that in and schedule everything around it. Cause they were kind of getting the leftovers. They were getting my leftover time and it's, it's tough. It's a struggle, you know, We got that wheel of, you know, health and time and work and family and everything. And keeping that balanced is, is a, a challenge all on its own.
0: But that's a journey too, you know, because I'm in a little different season of life where I don't have kids living at home anymore. I get two that are completely off payroll and, which is beautiful. And a third one then who, um, are they
1: really off the payroll? I mean, does that really ever actually happen? Oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> Actually,
1: yeah. You do it in different
0: ways. You know, I'm you just know. kidding.
1: My, my older kids are great. They're super, they're super <laughs> You do it
0: in different ways. Like sometimes it's like, you know, you plan a trip and it's like, you know, maybe where they're at with, they can't afford airfare or whatever. And it's like, you know, you kind of pick up. that but i think that you know it's like your wealth journey your health journey your relationship journey with your your children and your spouse you know you want to give them the best and so that that shifts a little bit you know you're able to kind of flip that dial a little bit and so we're all we're all doing that at the different seasons of our life and so you know chad courtney and i would share with you you know just continue to You know, if it means you just got to put something down because, you know, you're just going to spend some time or take your kiddo to whatever that practice is, those will be the things that they remember. It's not that you're sitting there, you know, working uh, some magical, fantastic deal, which we all want to do, but, you know, we just kind of, kind of continue to encourage each other on that. Well, I do want to mention one more thing. Um, You have really been in the multifamily space. And you are really pressing into some other asset classes. And, you know, it might be the economy and the state of the economy that's kind of causing you to look at some of that. I'm not sure, but you want to kind of expound on that and talk a little bit about this new asset class that you're looking at. That's that's really a lucrative space.
2: Sure. Yeah. Multifamily has been great and and I've done a, a fair amount of it. Uh, I've been interested in self storage for a long time, and so I knew I knew that I wanted to get into that more. So, so the way I did that, and again coming back to education, learning a lot more about about self storage, um, you know, studying the asset class, following different operators, uh, investing passively, which I think is a great way to learn about the whole business. So, I invested passively in in self storage projects and uh, and then finally, now I'm just I'm bringing my first self- storage deal to market, uh, which is part of the reason why I was in, in Houston with you guys and uh, and you know, looking at a portfolio properties outside of of Houston. So uh, so that's kind of how I, I made the transition. I think self storage is great. It, it tends to be a very recession resistant asset class, which could be could be important here uh, in the near future. And uh, so, yeah, we're excited to bring that as as our first offering to, to investors.
1: I love that. Awesome. And I love that you said that you invested in it first, because that has been kind of what I have done as well. You know, I have invested in multifamily, invested in storage um, and some other things that way that I can kind of dip in, you know, get my feet wet and really check out what that looks like. But also, I like to look at, you know, how are people managing these deals? How are they relaying that information? You know, how, what do I, what would I do differently? And that way I can kind of take in all of it. That way, if I'm looking at moving into that asset class, I've had some experience passively in how people that I look up to and, um, you know, trust how they're managing it and how they're working with that type of property or asset class.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. I agree. Yeah, really true. So true in all of those areas. Well, Chad, we want to just thank you for your time today. You've shared so much, I think, that touches on so many different places. Um, and Courtney, you've brought up some amazing points, you know, even just in, in the last little area we talked about, that sometimes our journey takes us into being a limited partner in projects for passive income. And then if we're comfortable enough with it, and we all have the aspirations moving into GP positions and syndicating deals and still creating passive income. So it's really about, you know, your wealth journey and what you're aspiring to do. But Chad, you've really shown us how you can um, come from a space of really focused on education, multi-businesses how important working with family is, the sacrifices that your brother made um, to bring you on, um, the sacrifice that you made from a financial standpoint to get into a new business line. And, and sometimes we all have to do that or have done that. Um, and all the different buckets that we might be able to offer, offer value back to someone, which really is how we can get started in projects, how important relationships are um, and family. You know, we've, we've all kind of talked on that. And Courtney, you brought up some some really big pieces on that, on. On saying no and creating time and calendaring space,
1: so important. Yeah, really. Wow,
2: great, great recap. She's. I, I was just that
1: sitting here going, Why Like the best recap ever. This is my journey. This is. Are my you reading journey. notes? Like oh, what I'm just happened? Too.
0: Wow. So anyway, but Chad, really, um, you want to share with our our listeners how they can reach out to you and how they can find you? Because I know you are going to resonate with someone here that's going to reach out.
2: Sure. Yeah, I think the best way is uh, on any social media is just CSQ Properties, either LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Uh, also csqproperties.com. And we have an ebook on there on on why entrepreneurs should be investing in apartments, which I think is very helpful. I mean, I've been on the entrepreneurial journey, and that's kind of the people that I like to serve and help the most. So I I put together um, a pretty, pretty elaborate book on that. And uh, so you can that because
0: I'm sure it is very elaborate. <laughs> I'm sure it's really good. Seriously, yeah. awesome. <laughs> I will I mean sure. interject there. Really, I meant that sincerely. Like, I'm sure it's very thorough. <laughs> really. <laughs>
1: Well, it's always great to have. um, Investors need resources to tap into. I'm always looking at um, information. I think one of the best ways to get educated is to tap into those books and resources and everything else that people are putting out there so that you can really get educated in a space and decide if that's something you want to move into. So that's great. I will make sure to share that so that people can get to it.
0: Yes. Awesome. So our dear audience, we just want to thank you for um, listening today and remember to like and subscribe to Ladies Kickin' Assets and we are signing off with the amazing Chad Zedinik and Courtney Muller. and until next time, our friends, we will visit thank with you. you next time and bring another powerful guest to, to offer some nuggets to you. Thank you.